This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Just want to quickly thank again my sponsors, Halt and Honda, and Forever for believing in myself, the content, and my guests. I also wish to thank my family over at the C-Suite Radio Network, where, again, you can find the podcast link following the live show on my host page, also Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. So once again, I'm joined by yet another phenomenal guest. My guest today is a woman by the name of Angela Merrill. So who is Angela? Well, what I can quickly tell you about Angela before we turn it over to unscripted dialogue, as we always do, is Angela has been one of the top stunt women in Hollywood for over 20 years. She doubles for most of the A-list black actresses in Hollywood, like Halle Berry, Vanessa Williams, Saina Lathan, Beyonce, Rihanna, and Vivica A. Fox, just to name a few. Angela is also the author of Stunts, the How-To Handbook, Secrets from an Award-Winning Hollywood Stunt Woman. The former model has a compelling story to tell about her accomplished career. So, Angela, I want to thank you very much for the gift of your time. How are you today? I am awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, this has been fantastic. I've really been looking forward to this, and so have my loyal listeners and the podcast subscribers. We've been ramping it up for quite some time now. <laughs> so, Thank you. you know, so the one thing I'm always interested, although again, this is unscripted, but I'm always interested in the inception of my guest journey. So, did you always know from a very young age that you had a bit of a daredevil spirit inside of you? Well, I wouldn't call it daredevil. I would call it just outgoing, but at the same time, a little shy. I've always been really active as a child into sports, into, you know, running around, jumping off stuff, and just playing as a child. Fantastic. I, I had no idea. No idea this was a career. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> and so what was your first gig? How did you embark upon this? Did you see an audition? Did you see something that spoke to you? Was it through seeing the movies and you thought, wow, I really could see myself doing that? What kind of spawned the inspiration for you? Well, I started off as a model, as you said in your, your opening. I started off modeling. And I used to do runway shows and print jobs for Sears and Boscovs and, and all the malls in South Jersey. And then Mike Lemon Casting, I met him out somewhere. I don't, at this point, I don't really remember where, but he suggested to try acting. So I took a couple of his classes and I did some industrials in Philadelphia. And then from there, I began my trek, my commute back and forth to New York because I was living in South Jersey at the time. And then from there, I, I made friends with an actual real live stuntman. His name is Rusty McQuinnon, who's recently passed. God bless him. He suggested that I get into stunts because I wanted to get my SAG card. And in order to work in film, TV commercials, you have to be union. So he actually helped me get my SAG card. And my first job was on a movie called First Kid, whom he was doubling Sinbad. And that's how I got into the union was doing a stunt. I had no idea 
It just was a real job at that moment that I was doing modeling, that I was doing commercials. I was doing, I didn't know anything about stunts until I spoke to him and he started teaching me and telling me the inside story of, look, you could do this. You're athletic. You can box. You can fight. You can do all these different things and you can get paid for it. So, of course, I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And here we are. And here we are. are. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so what was your first official gig as a stunt woman? What was the what was the set? What was the film? Who were you doubling for? Well, at that moment I wasn't doubling anybody. I was actually playing myself and it was on first kid and I had to conquer one of my fears, which was being on an escalator going down and there were people on the other side going up who were going to be jumping over oh, to the goodness. side of people going down. And the escalator <laughs> was not started when we got on. So we basically had to place our feet on the rails on the side and they called action. I'm sorry. They, they started it. We jumped on and then almost immediately this big six foot man is jumping over and I'm supposed to like not save him, but make sure, you know, he doesn't hit the stairs because, you know, the stairs are metal and here I am five, 720 pounds. Like what am I doing? This is crazy. Wow. So it was so much fun, the energy, the people. I mean, Henry Kenji, who was, you know, like the stop, the top stuntman at that time, and he's still working. He was the gentleman in Car Wash. He's done all the Fast and, Fast and Furious movies. To actually see him in person, oh, my God, what a day. It was just, <laughs> it was just amazing. It was amazing. Fantastic. And so outside of him, who have you been most enamored with by being on set? Like who who did you get to work with in terms of your role, but maybe doubling for somebody else, but going, I can't believe I'm on set with this person. I can't believe we're actually this close to one another. Well, I my first my first meeting was with Vanessa, Vanessa Williams. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, growing up as a, as a young girl, watching her, Miss America, and just watching her begin her career as an actress. And, I mean, it was like, wow, I cannot believe I'm here in this moment. And it's almost like you really have to pinch yourself, mm-hmm. really be present, really, really be present so that you can remember the moment and not get caught up in all the lights and camera and, and everything else that's going on. I really try sometimes just to be present so I can feel the moment and and really appreciate it and be thankful for being there because it could be anybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was my first. Okay. And after that, it's just been, it's just been a wonderful, wonderful ride. You know, double Beyonce and being on set with her is also amazing. My, our first meeting was on Austin Powers gold member, (laughs) <laughs> she was still in Destiny's Child at that moment, and yeah. it was just, wow, she's so humble and down-to-earth, and she was friendly, and, and she was actually a little quiet and shy also, so mm-hmm. it was it's been really cool to watch her bloom into this amazing artist she is today. Well, what I love, too, I mean, you're all, I mean, the people that you've doubled for yourself, I mean, powerhouse women. And, I mean, I've I've interviewed and showcased many, many authors. Uh, you know, I've actually showcased a couple of international supermodels. Um, but this is the first stunt woman 
any stunt person, but stunt woman specifically that I've ever showcased. So this is really uh, a nice compliment to the roster here. So I want to say thank you very much because, you know, I'm very big about empowerment as you are too, but particularly women empowering other women and anchoring each other up and, and really highlighting what it is your strengths are, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I'm going to take advantage of what's been going on with the Me Too um, and you being in the in this particular industry. So what has this done for you um, in terms of how closely this may have impacted you or even indirectly, vicariously, just being a woman, but being in that industry where this seems to be, you know, every week there's something coming out in terms of disclosure or people who you thought you knew in the media aren't really in, in fact who they actually are. What, what's your thoughts about all of this, Angela? Well, it's it's disappointing. It's sad. It's it makes me angry. Mm-hmm. It. I, I want to say I, I feel like it's changed all of us. It's definitely changed the industry, and I feel like now people are really going to see how strong women are. We're not going to take it. We're not taking it anymore. And the women that have come out, I am just in awe of them for, for standing up for themselves and standing up for other women because it took one to come out and say something and that empowered everyone else and that inspired the movement and it's getting stronger and bigger. As you know, it's global now, international. And I just, I just really feel like people are just not going to take it anymore. And we're all standing up for each other and we're supporting each other and we're encouraging people to, to open their mouths and speak out and speak up. Mm-hmm. And when all these disclosures came out, was it shocking to you or was this kind of like an unspoken about language that people within your industry knew about, but nobody just put it out there, uh, you know, with the media? Did you already know this existed? Well, I think in every industry it exists. You hear the, the stories from women at, at businesses, you know, not necessarily in the entertainment industry, but you, you hear about it. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't get the press that the Hollywood stories get because these are celebrities, these are A-list actresses, these are big producers that that are doing these things to women. So mm-hmm. I feel that um, oh, it's just I can't even express sometimes. It's just upsetting to me that yeah. it just happens. It, it really is. I, I can't believe some of the people that are doing these things. It's just shocking you would never believe that this mm-hmm. is going on but it but it does happen unfortunately well and and you know none of us are naive here we know it crosses every sector we know it crosses every community every country every sector of work um but to the degree that it's pervasively come out uh, in succession one after another in your particular industry was that a bit shocking for you in terms of you know the scope of it Definitely, definitely. But again, you you know, we know everybody's heard of the casting couch. I've never been in that position, so I can't really speak on that. I mean, of course, I've been hit on, but in my particular side of stunts, I have not been put in that position. I have heard other women have been in that position, Uh and it's just like, what? You know, you're just thrilled when somebody tells you what's going on, but you know you know what happens to them who actually have someone tell you things. It's just, it's just shocking. Mm-hmm. I can't believe. Like, really? Are you really dangling that carrot in front of my face for a job? Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, well, horrible, horrible. well, I'm I'm glad to hear from what you've just mentioned there that it hasn't directly uh, been something that you've been subjected to. Thank goodness for that, because when you go to work, I mean, you should never have to contend with that. But particularly when you're just showing up oh. to do your job, I mean, more so than ever. Like you know, just let me do my job and let me go home. Um, yeah. So. How has everything that's happened in the Me Too movement, how has that kind of maybe given you a, a different edge, given a different perspective into what it is you now do going forward, knowing that, you know, girls are watching you, young women are watching you, people who are perhaps endeavoring to become part of your industry. They're taking note of all the things that people have been subjected to and have had to overcome, and just knowing how strong and unified and solidified a front women have been, particularly in that industry. You know, do you feel like an extra sense of, obligation um you know within your industry to kind of even up your own game or how has this changed or transformed you if at all in terms of what you bring to the set what you bring to the job every day well for me again i haven't been affected by it so i still go to work the same way i have been going to work Mm -hmm. i go to work with my game face on i am there to do that specific job and nothing else but to be friendly and to network and and to be open and, you know, all those things that you do at work, that's what I'm there for. I'm not there mm-hmm. for anything else. I mean, I just continue to be that strong, positive woman when I go to work, qualified person that's there to do a job. Absolutely. And that's what I do. I don't do anything more than that because that's mm-hmm. not how I got to where I am. Mm-hmm. So I, like I said, I go to work and come home. And Super. I can only speak on that. It's just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. I, I don't even... Yeah, okay. And so in your line of work, Angela, have you ever, you know, had any kind of mishap where it's resulted in either a minor or a serious injury or uh, where it's kind of put you on the back burner with what you've been able to maintain doing with a regular schedule in, intact or uh, has it made you have to go, okay, well, what's my default if something does happen to me or as I get older, what am I going to do outside of what I'm currently doing? Have you had to have that conversation with yourself because of direct or indirect circumstances that have made you think that way? Oh, yeah, definitely. I've had my share of injuries. I mean, I've had Fractured ribs, fractured lumbar, I've had concussions, I've had wow. hip surgery because of an injury at work. So I was out for a period of time. And within that period of time, I really feel like God spoke to me because I, I'll never forget this Oprah show where she spoke on God sends you messages. Mm-hmm. And if you don't listen, he sends you a bigger message. So first it's that pebble and then it's that rock and then it's the boulder. Well, my major injury at my time in my career was my injury, my boulder. That was my mm-hmm. sign. Okay, you were not put on this earth to just fight, set yourself on fire, crash cars. You have six <laughs> gifts that I've given you, and you're not using them, and you're not getting my signals. So here's the injury. You're going to be sat down for a while to think of what you're supposed to be doing, which is acting, which is speaking, which is now I really want to start writing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where I'm going. That's where I'm headed. I still want to do things because I'm very active and athletic, and I love it. I mm-hmm. love what I do for a living. It's my passion. But at the same time, I have so much more to share, and I'm ready to share it. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm headed. It's the actress, the writer, the motivational speaker, all of those things are going to start coming out. 
Fantastic. And so when you, when you continue to take the stage and when you continue to write additional things, what do you think the, the premise or the focus is going to be? Is it, is it always going to somehow be rooted in, you know, what you've done as far as being a stunt woman or have you thought about evolving it into something else that plays and segues into that? I, you know, at first, I really believe it's going to be all about the action. Come on, who doesn't want to play a superhero? <laughs> who doesn't want to play Wonder Woman and Black Panther? Who doesn't want to do that? Right. I, I, I really want That's what I really want to do right now. And then it'll travel off into the drama, into the, the monologue, into the emotional, into the vulnerable part, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's a journey. It's all a journey. Who knows where I'm going to end up five, ten years from now? Mm-hmm. I'm, we all know I'm I'm just a co-pilot. It's not really up to me. I can make goals. I can make a plan, and I can strive for those things. But it's not up to me where I'm going. You know, mm-hmm. it's really not. Mm-hmm. I believe that. I really believe that. Excellent. And so what would be some of your, in terms of keeping your mindset so that you're in the flow of life and you're really focused and in the here and now, what are some of your daily rituals, um, some of your daily habits, uh, your daily regimen? Because, of course, everybody who I speak to who has acquired some level of success or major success, they will always talk about some core essential ingredients of what they do and adopt and uh, apply every single day without fail that continues to put them on the trajectory of where they continue to go and aspire to go. Um, so what would some of those things be for you, Angela? Well, for me, it's the daily workout. Mm-hmm. I have a trainer that comes to my home and we, we train together and I go to the gym and I do martial arts and things. For me, I really feel like the workout, it inspires me. It keeps me motivated. It keeps my body in shape. And it gets me going. It gets my blood going in the morning. And then it's all about, okay, what are my goals for the day? The night before, I try to write down things that I need to do for the next day so Mm -hmm. that I accomplish them. I feel like in writing everything down, you will definitely accomplish your goals that you want to do for that day. Yes. I I have a goal board, and on my goal board, I have several several things that I, I want to achieve. So in seeing that every single day, you have to make a plan of, okay, make steps. How can I get there? And I've heard that from Jim Rohn. I've heard that from Les Brown. It's like you have to focus on something, and then it's set in your subconscious mind, and you focus on it every single day, and now it's out into the universe, and you just work towards it. And then I don't want to say it magically appears because every day you're making the steps to get to that goal, but it happens, and it's been happening for me by posting things on my vision board and focusing on it and taking the steps to get there and taking classes and doing all the necessary things. Beautiful. Now I feel like I'm listening to myself because you've almost said verbatim a lot of the things that I repeat here. And, again, a lot of what we uh, instill and incorporate into our daily mantras and our, our DNA is based on repetition, it. repetition, repetition, right? right? And repetition yes. can either apply to the negative or it can apply to the positive. So when you know that you're faced with that choice because it ultimately is a choice, why would you then not err on the side of positivity knowing that that's what's ultimately going to serve you in the long run? with what it is you proclaim you want to see show up in your life but not just show up we know that that involves taking massive action right exactly exactly totally agree with you 
doing, doing, doing the work, you know, um, gosh, Joe Olstein has a book and I want to say it's called I am or something. Mm-hmm. I actually read it, but I don't have it in front of me. And I've been doing these exercises for years. I am successful. I am strong. I am beautiful. I am loved. I am blessed. I am creative. I am just go down the line. Mm-hmm. So I do that every single day. And that empowers me immensely. I do it before I go to sleep. Sometimes it keeps me awake at night because my <laughs> list sometimes is so long. Like, okay, shut your brain off. Shut your brain off. Like, wait, wait, I have one more. Because <laughs> I'm trying to go to sleep. It's crazy. It's just, I just sometimes, you just are so motivated to achieve and be successful. But I can't go to sleep sometimes because I just want to go, 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 go. Yes. Taking that break and sitting still sometimes is really challenging for me. Yes. To sit still and relax. Well, I hear you. You're preaching to the preacher here because I struggle with the same thing. <laughs> That's funny. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, to me, this is all the yummy stuff. This is the stuff I love to talk to. I love to talk to thought leaders, people who are top of the game within their respective industries. And, you know, it's not uncommon that a lot of the people that I interview, similar to yourself, Angela, I mean, you're all saying the same thing in your own signature, unique way, because we know for a fact these things do happen, right? It's not airy-fairy. Yes. Um, you know, mm. it's uh, it's really you speak your, you speak yourself into existence. You speak what you want exactly. into existence. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Totally agree with that. And then, you know, and, and then with that, I have to say, um, years ago, I got called to do a job that I really didn't want to do, but my agent persisted to go to the audition and I went and in my mind, again, I'm thinking, I'm already seeing myself at work because that's what I do. I visualize myself already in the makeup chair, already getting the job. So I get to the audition, and it comes down to myself and another girl, and I can see them pointing at us through the glass. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I am not getting this job that I don't want. It was crazy. I ended up getting the job. I go to rehearsal, myself and the other girl, and it was for bungee jumping, and it was for a national Super Bowl commercial. And I get to work, and I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe we'll warm up and start at, you know, jumping at 40 feet. Oh, no, we started at 110. And I'm thinking, okay, this is different. So we get hooked up and we jump a couple times. And and I'm realizing in my gut, I don't want to do this. I'm not having fun. I don't want to do this. So I come down and I talk to my boss and I tell him, look, I don't want to do this. I don't want to get to work. And then I'm not able to do the job. So I'm going to help you find somebody else. And for me, that day, I feel like really made me so much stronger in this business and in life because I stood up for myself and I wasn't backed into a corner to actually have to do the job because I was broke or I really needed it. You know, I was new to LA and I just felt like, Oh my God, what am I going to do now? Is anybody else going to hire me? But in that moment I was being true to myself and I, I can't even say that it was a failure because in failures you get stronger. But for me, it was the moment in standing up for myself and saying no. And everybody that. has those moments. You know, I, it'll either break you or empower you. I love that. And I'm going to tell you why I love that. Because everything that your bio reads, everything that you demonstrate, you embody, and you continue to do on a daily basis, that in itself, on a superficial level, people would say is living fearlessly. What you just said right there, 
that to me is the core of living fearlessly because somebody who truly is empowered has no qualms being able to say no, right? This or something better, right? right? This or right. something better. Yeah. And if it's not this, it's going to be something better. But I know myself well enough to know that I'm going to honor my spirit, my intuition, my gut feeling, whatever it is. And obviously, it served you well to even get to that point. So the fact that you paid attention to that, because that this is important. I want to talk about this, and I want to impress upon this with the listening audience. That is the voice that oftentimes gets squashed. And this is why we end up in cyclical situations where people go, oh, my God, here I am again. Here I am again. And people wonder, how is it that I wound up here again? Because generally speaking, there is no matter how quiet, no matter how minuscule that voice is inside of you that kind of navigates you and directs you, we again have the choice. Do we listen to that? Do we acknowledge that? Or do we dismiss that and write that off? And for you being particularly in that industry where, as you said, you know, that could have cost you other potential jobs that could have, you know, you could have got bypassed and dismissed for other things that you really, really saw yourself as a good fit for that really would have been aligned with you. And yet you still thought, no, this doesn't feel right. And I'm just going to call it for what it is. I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to say it out loud and I'm going to just, you know, surrender it. And so that to me is living fearlessly beyond being a stunt woman. So thank you for sharing that. That is super empowering, Angela. Oh, thank you. And you're right. You do have to listen to that voice because your intuition is always right. It's always yes. right. You've got to follow your gut because you do end up in that spot if you don't listen. Right. And we all have. We all have. But to the degree that oh, that yeah. continues to become a pattern, that's up to us. Right? Right. That exactly. That's up to us. So, you know, as far as the listening audience, because, you know, this is all about the loyal listeners and, and really reaching out to them and connecting with them and, and the guests resonating with them. So, you know, in terms of your journey, uh, whether people who are listening can specifically relate to what it is you do for a living or not, but in terms of the characteristics and the qualities and the mindset and the leadership and all those things that you embody, what would you say to the loyal listeners in terms of people who are sitting on the fence or they don't quite feel like they have your level of bravery or they don't know how to live fearlessly or they don't even really know what that means. You know, could you maybe walk the listeners through that either through giving them some nuggets or some tips of, you know, how to navigate and, and, and do it in a way that's being authentic to them? Well, as I, as I said earlier, sometimes I have a hard time sitting still and being quiet. Mm-hmm. I really believe if you sit still Mm-hmm. Go to the beach, go to the park, find your quiet space and just listen, listen to your intuition. And if it's God, Allah, Jah, whoever it is, the creator that you pray to or listen to, they will speak to you. You will feel something because you have to be, to me, this is my opinion, you have to be in tune with yourself in order to hear the guidance, in order to hear the message because it's there. Mm-hmm. It's waiting for you, but you have to listen to it. I don't know. I really hope and pray that that makes sense mm-hmm. to, to your listeners. Absolutely. It's just, because it's there. You know, you just have to be present and, and listen mm-hmm. and go for it. You know, when, when, it, when it comes to you, go for it. Don't hesitate. Don't wait like, mm-hmm. like I did, you know, and get injured or whatever else happened. But just listen to your intuition. 
Mm-hmm. You have the power within you to achieve anything that you want to do in your life. It's there. You just have to activate it. I know now that sounds like wonder power, superpowers. Just activate it. <laughs> I love but it. Yeah, you just, it's true though. You just have to yes. listen and activate it because it's there. Everybody has it within them. You have to listen and find it. It's there. Whether you have to read some books, go to the library, watch a lot of movies, whatever it is, get a mentor in that area of where you yes. want to be and do what they're doing because obviously it's working. They are successful. Mm-hmm. Reach out to people. I mean, we have so much social media now yes. that you can get in touch with people through. What's wrong with sending someone a message and asking a question? Mm-hmm. Can I be your mentee? Do you have time? Can I meet you? To take that chance, all they can say is no, but mm-hmm. at least you took the step. And then it's on to the next one. So what? That person said no. It's on to the next one. There's Love so it. many people out here that are in careers that possibly would love to mentor people. You just never know. You just have to ask and listen. And that's what I I believe. Beautiful. And do you mentor people? Do you coach people? You know, I I have had several people that have Instagrammed me and Facebooked me from because of my book from all over the place as far as Hong Kong and Canada and um gosh, there's a girl here that's from from Iran that I met on Skyfall. Sorry, I couldn't think of the movie Skyfall. And it, yes, I do. You know, I, I get emails from people. Hey, what do I do? What can do you have any suggestions? Do you mind if I ask you questions? No, I don't mind. I mean, if I have the time, I will answer. If I don't have the time, I'll get back to you at my earliest convenience. So yeah, I do. I mean, it's all about giving back because I have mentors yes. that I still go to now and ask questions. I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't listen to my mentors. I wouldn't. Beautiful. And that's so true. And and this is what I love too because the common thread of everybody, the common denominator, sorry, common denominator of everybody who I'm very grateful to showcase on radio, everybody, no matter what level they're at, everybody always talks about paying it forward, being of service, you know, the humility aspect, never forget your roots, never forget what you, you know, where you came from, uh, humble pie, the whole thing. Because, yes, we all know how fragile we are. We know how quickly life can change on a dime. One minute we've got our health Mm -hmm. and we're able-bodied the next day, not necessarily because nothing's guaranteed. So for people who, you know, have made a living, on their body or on their face or on their talents, et cetera, et cetera. You know, for those people who are still cognizant and very much impressed upon the listening audience and just in their general speeches and in their books that they write, you know, don't think for a minute that even though this is, you know, these are the qualities that I was very fortunate to have been birthed with or, you know, good genes, whatever the case may be, I know that at any day, this may no longer be a part of me. And so I will never, ever stop thanking people or recognizing how blessed I am. Exactly. Totally agree with you on that. Because you have to be grateful. As you said, it can be taken away tomorrow. And the fact that I have come back from that bungee jumping thing, Mm -hmm. I've come back from having a kid, I've come back from having that major injury that I had three years ago, and I'm still going strong. I feel like I'm still going strong. I feel like I am I am still working. I still want to do the work. And I'm still growing in the business. I'm still learning new things because this business is huge. You can never know everything about the business. And there's so many avenues 
in this world of entertainment that you can go into. It's not just about stunts and acting. There's producing, there's, there's directing, there's a, um, assistant directing. I mean, there's so many different avenues that you can go into. So it's a constant mm-hmm. learning curve for us in this business. Amazing. Well, and the other thing I want to highlight, too, in terms of paralleling it to the listening audience, because, you know, majority of people who are listening would not be able to relate to your actual vocation. However, Mm -hmm. I always dig deeper and I look at the abstract and I look at where the parallels lie, because there's always parallels. Um, You know, when you so when you reference and have reference throughout the interview, you know, yeah, I've had multiple injuries. This has happened, cracked ribs, you know, hip, blah, blah, blah. What I love about this is that you still get back on the horse, you know. So yeah. metaphorically speaking, whether we're talking literally or figuratively, a lot of people, they get paralyzed or immobilized by fear because even if they have stepped into bravery and they have exercised courage by putting themselves out there to attempt to do something that they feel a calling to do, but it's not met with exactly the outcome of, of what they thought was going to happen or, you know, they encountered um, some rejection or, you know, whatever, because we're, we're using the whole horse as a, a metaphor here, an analogy. So there's a lot of people go, okay, well, yeah, tried that, not doing that again. That wasn't a great experience. And yet what you're saying is get back on that horse. If you really feel impassioned by something, you know, don't let one bad experience, don't let one rejection, don't let one dismissal or whatever throw you off your game. Pursue what it is you feel you're meant to pursue. Listen to that intuitive voice that's navigating you and, and calling it, you know, and indicating to you that this is a yearning. No, keep going, keep fighting, keep pursuing. So good for you. I love that message. And, and if if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Yeah. I mean, the creator, the creator says, "You take one step, I'll take you two. So you have to keep going. You can't just say, "Oh, well, that didn't work." Okay, we'll try something else. Mm-hmm. There's no. This, this is another quote. There's no one way to greatness. There's no one way. Okay, that street didn't work. You try another street. You're in traffic. This street's blocked. What do you do? You make a left or a right, and you try another street. That's Love the it. same thing in life to me. It's the same thing. Okay, that avenue didn't work. Let me go another direction. Let me mm-hmm. go this way. Maybe this will work. Okay, well, that didn't work. Okay, we'll go this way. you got to keep trying. I mean, yes. there's so many stories out there. Uh, gosh, what's his name? Author Soup, uh, Soup to the Soul. Oh, my God. Are you talking about Chicken Soup for the Soul? I'm interviewing yes. Jack Canfield next Friday. <laughs> Stop it, are you? Yeah, see, no coincidences. This is just crazy. You guys are all freaking me out here. (laughs) Okay, well, his story, I may not be 100% correct here. His story with his book, he sold that out of his trunk for, what, two years? And look where he is now. I mean, come on. It doesn't happen overnight. You have to work at it. Again, if it was easy, Everybody would be doing it. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Go right. for it. Well, and the other thing I love about this, because I say this every so often, not a lot, but this is one of those situations where it speaks to me to say it again. You know, sometimes when people feel like they're facing opposition from the universe, you know, like, oh, you know, like I really do want this and I really am making a valiant effort and I am really aligning with the right people and I am really open and receptive to this. But why is it that this seems really difficult to plow through this? 
the way I choose to look at this, because I think, again, it's about attitude and perspective, is the universe will sometimes challenge you and question you to make you question and challenge yourself. Okay, to what degree do you really, truly, authentically want this? Because if it's really a no-brainer for you and this is something that you sincerely want, you will plow through whatever obstacle I put in your way. Exactly. That's how I look at it. And, you know, there is something else, too, that maybe that's not meant for you at this moment because Mm -hmm. you have to build towards it. Mm -hmm. So maybe you need to, again, take another street. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. Nothing's going to happen overnight. And maybe at that moment, he doesn't want you there. He wants you over here so that you'll learn. So now you're really ready for that next step. And mm-hmm. I, I know that's happened to me before. And what's meant for me is what for what is meant for me is I'm so excited over this interview. I can't even talk. <laughs> um, I'm stumbling over my words because I'm just so excited. What's meant for you at that moment, you'll get. And if it's not meant for you, then it was meant for somebody else. That other person really needed it at that moment. You're okay for now. You know, I just, it's, yeah. I just really believe that. Or, you know, alternatively, the other way that you can look at that, which I oftentimes do when I think that I've done all the work and I've honed it and I've put one foot in front of the other, and yet for whatever reason, it still seemingly doesn't seem to align. And similar to what you just said, um, the way I choose to internalize that is, okay, maybe I am meant to do this, but as you suggested, Angela, not this particular moment because maybe unbeknownst to me, subconsciously, there's still another level of healing that needs to happen to open up the clarity um, or to open up the true receptivity so that when it does come to me and timing-wise it's completely aligned, then it's skyrocket. Then it's beyond the sky is the limit. Then you take off and you're launch padding all over the place, right? Yes, I totally, that, that's it. I couldn't have said it better than that. <laughs> I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you, 1,000%. Fantastic. So, you know, in terms of the other things that you wish to write about, I mean, because when I hear what you have to share with us here on the airwaves, I mean, you're a very positive person and positive in itself can sound very cliche and it really gets diluted in its true meaning and and sometimes it detracts from the true sincerity of talking about positivity in my opinion um but for somebody who you know really does walk their talk um for somebody who has been able to express the kinds of sentiments that you have here today in a way that you practice that and incorporate that into your daily regimen and it's really you know taken off for you in your career have you thought about writing a book kind of along those lines? Hmm. <coughs> it's okay. I I have. I Yeah, I have. Have I taken the steps for that? No. Mm-hmm. Not yet. <laughs> and I, I no, not yet. I, I feel like now you caught me because I feel like that's a fear for me, and I know fear is based in the future. Like, who am I? I'm not, again, I'm not Liz Brown. I'm not Damon John. You know, all these people that have experienced, I feel so much more than me. But I've experienced a lot of things as well. I have a lot to share. I have a lot to say. Yes, you do. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> you got me. I, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to write a book about that. Well, you're, really you're Angela Merrill. Step into it. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. 
you know, and I, I got to say, some people that have read my my book that I have written, Stunts the How to Handbook, they, you know, people have asked me, are you going to write another book? Again, with social media and Facebook, a lot of people are now giving the information, which is great. People are asking on Facebook, how do I do this? How do I do that? So it's just being given away. So for me to sit and take my time and actually write a book, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. You, you got me. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire on that one, Miss No! <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. You just put me on blast in front of how many people? <laughs> You know, because for everything that you do that most people would cringe and go, oh, my God, I would never do what that woman does, not because it doesn't sound remotely exciting or it's not a fascinating mm-hmm. life, but, I mean, you're actually stepping into things that most people are petrified of, and yet here you are going, well, I don't know about writing a book. I mean, <laughs> this is completely opposite. I Yeah, it's time-consuming, and, and it calls for you to bear your soul to share all of those things, you know, and my publicist at that moment, Michael, Michael Adams was, okay, come on, you, you got to give it up. You got to give it up. And, and I would hold back and he's like, no. And he knew me. We were, we've been, we were friends for years. So he knew that I was holding back and he would always call me on it. Like, okay, you got to give it up, girl. People want to know. So I would share a little bit more and a little bit more. So now to write like a positive motivating book, I would have to bear more stuff, which, as an actress, that's what you do. Yes. But you're playing, but you're playing a character, so nobody really knows. Has she lived that, or is this just her feeling it? Has she been through that situation, or is she just being really organic and something speaking to her through the character? Nobody really knows. Well, you sound like like a great narrator. You got multiple skills going on in this interview, Angela. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Well, thank you. And that's why I want to write. I want to tell stories. I want to tell stories because nobody will really know, you know, if it's really happened or not happened. And yeah, I, I feel thing, like... I, I'm cognizant of time because we're going to have to wrap up here and perhaps we bring you back okay. on radio part two when we talk about this book that's soon to be released. Um <laughs> But I think, you know, truly, for for you to resonate with people at a deeper level, everybody's looking for substance. Everybody's looking for depth. Everybody, you know, vulnerability is a strength. It's no longer acceptable, in my opinion, based on the world of social awareness and social responsibility to think that vulnerability is a weakness. The people who are the most vulnerable with their storytelling and however that gets depicted, whether it be through movie, whether it be through script, whether it be through uh, talking on the stage, writing a book, writing a blog, whatever the case may be, these are the people who are relatable. Because to pretend that you're not yeah. human and don't fall within the spectrum of what everybody feels as a human being or not, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So that's where your buy-in comes from because you're relatable. People want to know, okay, you know, what is Miss, Mrs. Stuntwoman got under her sleeve that makes her a little bit more relatable, relatable to me in terms of some of the trials and tribulations. Anyway, I could go on at nauseum on this top topic, but unfortunately I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting in the sidebar. I've got to wrap this up. So okay. I just want to say, Angela, this has been such a treat. I love your energy. I love the synergy between us. I think you're a fantastic, 
example of what it means to live fearlessly. And uh, and you haven't heard the last of me in terms of writing this book. <laughs> Right? Because we're, we're, we're here to prop each other up. And, you know, we all struggle with whatever it is that makes us feel uncomfortable. But if people really care about us and want to anchor us and, and have us live and be the best version of ourselves, then we have to help each other get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Love it. Great quote. Love it. Exactly. Just okay. Open. So, be an open so, book. Thank you. So, I'm going to be your little radio show host stalker, okay? <laughs> Thank you, I think. <laughs> to be oh, to be goodness. concluded, yes. Okay. So, okay. Angela, I just Please want tell- to say... <laughs> okay. Please tell Jack that... Tell Jack I said hello. <laughs> I absolutely will. He'll uh, he'll be very touched that you spoke about him. And again, no coincidences. The more clear you are, the more aligned you are with like-minded people. So the fact that you've made reference to Chicken Soup for the Soul the week before I actually get him on radio, that's a trip. Um, so I just want to say once again, Angela, thank you for the gift of your time. To the loyal listeners, thank you once again for uh, tuning into our show here with my guest today, my very lovely uh, phenomenally inspiring guest, Angela Merrill. Angela, quickly, where can people find you? I'm on Instagram, Angela Merrill, A-N-G-E-L-A-M-E-R-Y-L, on Facebook, same name, and Twitter, same name, Angela Merrill. Super. Okay. So, and I also want to once again thank my sponsors, Halt and Honda, and Forever for believing in me. I want to thank my family over at C-Suite Radio. We're once again following the live show. You can uh, eventually find the podcast link on my host page, Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I want to thank you for being half a million Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald podcast subscribers, and I want to uplift you to fear less and to live more, and I'm so glad that I was able to accomplish that today with the assistance of my my friend here, Angela Merrill. So I want to wish everybody a fantastic, safe weekend. We'll be back here again next Friday with Jack Canfield. Take care. All my best. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.